It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We are getting ready for the Baltimore Ravens here on Locked On Dolphins, but first a final look at the defensive performance from Miami's 22-20 victory over the Dallas Cowboys here on Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting, final shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast tip of the cap to our everydayers because it is your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase on last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Baltimore Ravens up next, massive game, AFC playoff implications clinching scenario for the Miami Dolphins. You win the game, you win the AFC East, you are the one seed going into the final week of the regular season. There's a lot to get to, right? But with the holiday on Monday, uh, my day from wire to wire was gone. (laughs) So usually this show drops uh, Tuesday morning. It's Wednesday morning. uh, And you're going to get the show today, and then we're going to switch gears and turn our focus. We'll let Mike McDaniel talk to the media. We obviously have hard knocks to react to as well. So Lots of stuff going on down the home stretch for your 11 and four Miami Dolphins. But we did check the tape from the Dolphins defensive performance against Dallas. And I wanted to make sure that they got their time here on the program uh, to acknowledge a, a defensive performance that, in my eyes, was probably better than the stats would indicate. And defensively, the, the Dolphins finished this game conceding 339 yards of offense. Uh, 5.6 yards per play. Uh, Dallas had 19 first downs. They did possess the ball for 31 minutes. Uh, However, they averaged 3.9 yards per rush and went one for three in the red zone. Uh, Dolphins sacked the Cowboys four times and had that fumble recovery to win the turnover battle as well. So numbers you look at say, okay, 20 points allowed versus a top two scoring offense in football. That's pretty good. Less than 350 yards offense conceded. That's pretty good. Under four yards per carry. That's pretty good. Four sacks, pressure on nearly 50% of Dak Prescott's dropbacks. That's pretty good. And and that's all factually true. It is good. But I think this Dolphins defensive performance, when you expand it out a little bit more and you, you realize you had a miscommunication, an easily avoidable miscommunication, but a miscommunication nonetheless. There's a 49 yard touchdown pass to CeeDee Lane. And then you additionally had a 45 yard a uh, single play over the top of Xavier Howard by Jalen Tolbert on a jump ball that flipped the field and, and put you effectively down near the red zone for 10 of Dallas's points came on 99 yards, 94 yards. I'm not a math guy. So you got 94 yards on two plays. If you're, if you're Dallas. So one's a 50, 50 ball. It is what it is. But you, you look at the rest of the game. 
And, and the, the other 10 points that Dallas got, yeah, they, they shot themselves in the foot on the opening possession. I get that. Just from a play perspective, 15 for 73, 7 minutes and 43 seconds, ends in a fumble, no points. Okay? The following drives. You had the 49-yard touchdown. Minute and 20 seconds, three plays. Five plays, 14 yards. Three plays, two yards. They kneel down to end the half. Three plays, one yard. Six plays, 50 yards with the explosive play. Ten plays, 60 yards. 17 plays, 69 yards. Seven minutes, 39 seconds. Touchdown, Miami then wins the game on their following possession. Dallas really, they took all of the air out of this Dolphins or this Dallas offense from the third possession until their next to last possession when they were able to string together 27 plays on those two drives. Uh, you had two explosive plays that I, I think skewed a game in which Miami's defense really kind of restricted and set the tone. And I thought Hard Knocks was really fascinating in this this result. We're going to talk about the tape and some of the performances on it. Um, it was really fascinating to hear kind of the install throughout the week talking about Dak Prescott and how effective he is on third downs uh, with what he's able to do getting outside the pocket, scrambling to throw and run and scrambling to throw. If you didn't watch Hard Knocks, highly recommend it. I thought this week's episode was the best one they've done yet. But Miami uh, really won up front, and not just because of the absence of Tyron Smith. Obviously, Tyron Smith's absence yielded some miscommunications and protection for Dallas. Although Vic Fangio simulated pressures I thought he he did keep you off off balance as far as what he called on the back end. Uh, they, they came out on one third down and ran zero and actually brought six and they got there and they created a bunch of chaos as a result. There's other times where we're firing a linebacker from depth and the offensive tackle is condensing down and yielding a free run to Bradley Chubb. And then the linebackers buzzing back out and he's underneath because of, again, they're aware and cognitive of Dak Prescott and his preferred escape routes out of the pocket to get outside the pocket. It's really cool to kind of watch the tape, see the performance, and then get the foil of what they talked about before the game, courtesy of Hard Knocks, uh, for what they did from a rush perspective to create so much pressure. But at the end of the day, there was also just guys that won and dictated the pace up front. And I think you look on the interior for Miami, and those two dudes on the interior, I thought, played a big-time football game for Miami, uh, be that uh, uh, Zach Sealer or Christian Wilkins. I thought Raekwon Davis, actually, you know, he played 70, 23 snaps. I thought he played an admirable game as well, taking on double teams on the interior. I thought the Dolphins were really advantageous against Tyler Biotis. Uh, I thought Zach Martin looked like a player that was probably about 50% of himself uh, with the, the injury that he had. Andrew Van Ginkle ran the loop around Terrence Steele about 15 times. Um, and I think you can make a case for Andrew Van Ginkle to be the best player on the field. Uh, I thought David Long stood out in a good way. I did. I was actually surprised. The, the more I got on the tape, I was surprised that uh, Bradley Chubb didn't have a bigger impact in the game with a mismatch against Chuma Doga. But I don't think it was because he didn't win his reps one-on-one -on -one individually. I thought these other guys, I thought Zach Sealer handed Tyler Smith his rear red, like time and time again. Drew a couple holding flags or, or drew a couple holdings that didn't get called with flags, but uh, Zach really effective with his ability to extend and then discard and deconstruct blocks 
I thought he really toyed with, with Tyler Smith's center of gravity throughout the course of this football game as well. So we'll talk a little bit more about the actual pass rush and the run D execution for the Dolphins next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So stick with us. But if you are feeling spontaneous and you want to go to the game on Sunday in Baltimore or you want to get to the Rock for the season finale against the Bills before the playoffs start, Game Time has you covered. Game Time is the ticketing app that is completely and fully committed to getting you the best prices for your tickets. And they're the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase because there's no hidden fees. So you know the dollar amount that is listed for the ticket pricing is exactly what is going to be in your shopping cart when you go to check out. They give you sight lines for your tickets so you know exactly what your sight lines are going to be from your seat. And you can get tickets delivered directly to your phone with just a few taps. Uh, they also also offer things like zone deals uh, where you pick the zone or the section and game time picks the seats and you can get an additional up to 18% savings. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply again, create an account or deem code locked on NFL for $20 off. Download game time today on last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So from a pass rush perspective, we already talked about um, Andrew Van Ginkle and his performance, and he gave Darren Steele uh, the fit of all fits throughout the course of this game. Uh, he was credited with nine pressures, Andrew Van Ginkle, on 54 snaps, and it was the way in which he ran the loop, but then there were also instances where he was a slasher, and then there were also times where he was just a pursuit hustle style player and they utilized his athleticism. A couple of times where Duke Riley's walking up and communicating with him and the Dolphins are running drop eight coverage and he's falling out and he's dropping to, to play a linebacker or underneath his own assignment. Again, with Dak and his ability to run and run to run and run to throw in mind uh, to try to disrupt the timing of the quick game. And then there's... Other opportunities where Andrew Van Ginkle is, is utilizing speed to power. And I think that was the thing that surprised me most about this performance for Andrew Van Ginkle against Terrence Steele, who's such a big body player, is you don't expect a smaller edge to forklift and, and bull with power a tackle of the stature of Terrence Steele back into Dak Prescott's throwing radius and impact his ability to get the ball out and throw but that's exactly what happened. Um, I thought the Dolphins linebackers as well, both David Long and Duke Riley, when their number was called, when they did run simulated pressures, and usually it was Andrew Van Kinkle that would drop out of there. Um, and they came through interior gaps. They didn't necessarily finish these opportunities. And then you got like Dak Prescott doing these crazy, like in the grasp, throwing the ball complete to Brandon Cooks or, or Michael Gallup with Jalen Ramsey draped on his back. Like, Dak did make a couple big time throws in the final possession of that, that game against Miami. So you give credit where credit's due. But they beat the backs in protection. They timed up their, their blitzes from depth well. And then again, they had the changes of pace off of that where we're going to run simulated pressures or we're going to manipulate protection by showing we're coming in a gap and then dropping back out because we're cognitive of your ability to run. When you face athletic quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, and of course the, those last two are the next two on the schedule for Miami, and then we'll see what comes after that. 
having that at your disposal and having the right balance of it is essential to keeping the offense off balance. And that's what they were able to successfully do against Dallas. There's times where he he's throwing early because he has to, but then he's feeling rushed at other times. And there may or may not have been a couple of guys against zone coverage that maybe you could layer throw up over the middle of the field, or maybe we're just spoiled by the fact that Tua Tungvaloa does it so routinely. And he didn't get there because he was off his spot because of the urgency that he felt. And that was for Miami, you know, in total, they were credited with 29 pressures across all players, according to Pro Football Focus. And I personally take the great the game grades with a grain of salt, but the actual stats and, and data that they collect, I think they do a really good job with a lot of, of statistics and, and game charting. 29 pressures is a lot. <laughs> and uh, Chubb had six. Van Ginkle had nine. Zach Sealer had four. David Long had three. Case in point, talking about his pressure. Duke Riley had two. Uh, all those guys getting hits on the quarterback. Uh, Bradley Chubb had three hits on Dak Prescott. I mean, it was it was an all-hands-on-deck approach. And I think that's, while it's nice to have, like, the first-team all-pro performer that's going to get 20 sacks, like a TJ Watt or a Miles Garrett, and that's not to say those other defensive lines don't have players that are also contributing to the cause, to have such a balanced rush group. Or sometimes it is Bradley. Sometimes it's Christian. Sometimes it's Zach. And you would talk about manipulating protections. Uh, they they picked on this poor interior front for Dallas, where they're running twists and picks, two man picks and games, and they're laying out interior guys because Christian Wilkins is crashing into the side of Tyler Piatas as he's engaged with Zach Sealer, and then Sealer's able to pivot off of it and pinball and twist and come uncovered, and Piatas is is laid out flat on his back on the middle of the grass. Because Wilkins, I mean, they, they they were violent with the, the pick games that they were playing. So you got a little bit of everything in this game. And I think that's super encouraging because anytime, you know, they, they continue, and we talked about it last week, you add more and more and more layers as you go. And it creates this massive portfolio that you can tap into at any point. And the Dolphins have been fortunate now uh, to be able to play through some injuries on the defensive side of the football, be it Jerome Baker. I think Duke Riley's done an outstanding job in stepping up, whether it's at safety. And it was great to see Deshaun Elliott back. Hopefully this is the week for Javon Holland, because I do think that is another level that you can tap into because I think the front is executing really well. I think the corners, they're as healthy as they've been all season. Obviously, Xavier Howard playing through the hip injury. Um, and I would also just acknowledge uh, that on that that scoring, we talked about how they had two explosive plays for about 94 yards of offense. Dallas did. Their scoring drive to end the game when they went down and took the lead also was extended three times on get-off-the-field opportunities. And, you know, there's some execution there. There's some good play call there. There's some refereeing there that extended all of that. But in a different game situation, those drives are over. Now, the first one was a third and seven where they ran a sale concept with C.D. Lamb tucked in at the three-strong, and they got Nick Needham in coverage with, with a safety plane over the top of him. And, unfortunately, Nick Needham gives out a little – it looked like he had outside leverage – the route from the sale from CD breaks outside. 
Dak throws it early and gets absolutely hammered on the play, but he throws a perfect ball. It was a perfect ball. Sega was a fourth and two in plus territory uh, where they were a little rollout, and it looked like the same play. If you remember the 2020 game against Kansas City where uh, Miami was down one score, Kansas City had the ball around midfield, and they went for it on fourth down to effectively end the game by, by possessing the ball. And it was the same kind of deal uh, where they ran a rollout sprint out and just uh, uh, against press coverage, a comeback with CD on the perimeter. It's a good play call, especially against man on the outside, press man on the outside with an elite route runner like CD Lamb. Then you had the uh, illegal contact that extended the drive with Nick Needham against the tight end. And then you get down into the, the end zone and they, they call the, the contact in the end zone to give Dallas a fresh set of downs. So again, going back to the theme of was the performance better than the stats, I look at that drive and the, the circumstances in which it was extended, and it's like, yeah, at some point you do have to execute and get off the field. But Dallas is really close to not having a lot of points at all. <laughs> right, being completely honest. Now, they had the miscommunication breakdown and explosive play 49-yard touchdown. They had a 50-50 ball. But like, what, what's the percentages of those? Is it sustainable? And I think across the course of a 60-minute game, you saw it wasn't sustainable, and then it was a little too little too late. And because of how late the game situation was, then they were having to go forward on fourth down and be more aggressive, and then they got out there and then um, put some points on the board late, you know, 10 points in the fourth quarter. So talk a little bit about the run defense to bring this episode of Locked on Dolphins to a close as we finish. Focus on the Cowboys and get ready to turn all of our attention, our undivided attention, to the Baltimore Ravens, it's next. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it is you against the house, not you against thousands of other players. Instead of having to worry about pros and sharps, you pick more or less on two to six player stat projections, and you can watch your winnings roll in. If you hit all six in your Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money. So if you like good ROI, Turn on investment. Prize picks is the best way for you to have a little skin in the game yourself and make sure you cash in with your ability to make those stat projections and make the right call. They have a slew of sports, a slew of stats. You can mishmash them all together and you can get yourself in on some of this action over at prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL. For first deposit match of up to $100, that is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL in all lowercase for a first deposit match of up to $100. The run D, the other part of this performance for Miami that I think really stands out. And I, I wanted to give a shout out to a couple of defensive backs. And we talked about the pass defense, and I just heaped a bunch of praise on the guys up front. The run D, you know, this close to the vest game. Yeah, you're up at, at stretches later in the game by two scores, but it never really opens up. The game doesn't open up. You have the opportunity to stay balanced. I have to shout out to Sean Elliott for the tackle that he made on Tony Pollard, which I forgot to do on the Monday show because I was too amped up about the dub to get all 15 billion thoughts that I had about the game in on one sit-down recording. So Deshaun Elliott, obviously one of the plays of the game with the tackle of Pollard. You watch it back on tape, it's even more impressive. But I thought Xavier Howard and Brandon Jones uh, gave you a lot of value in run support in this game. 
And that hasn't always been the case for X. Uh, the eagerness to get down on the edge and support against the run. And I don't know if it's because it's a smaller back, so there's a little bit more appetite there to get down and, and fill and fit and tackle. But he did his job uh, at a high level, Xavier Howard did, in run support. And obviously Brandon Jones, where he is best, is when he is low to the box. And you see these late stems down or rotations down where he gets down into the box He's sticking his face in the fan, and obviously he recovers the fumble that Dallas has with Hunter Lipke on the opening possession uh, down on the one-yard line. Like That speaks for itself. I did think Brandon on the touchdown to CD, uh, maybe a little too sharp of an angle initially, and that kind of opens up the run-after-catch opportunity for CD to get on the sideline. But in run support specifically, he's hitting people hard. He's flying around. Uh, and he's he's confident in that element of his game, and he rightfully should be. So again, I'm not necessarily sure that that Brandon Jones, as a player on an expiring contract, is gonna be in a position to to be back with Miami beyond this season. But I can foresee him maybe in a different defense, still being a starting player who who has value. Obviously, this is a player who's historically been really good in blitz situations, kind of those those roles that Duke Riley and, and David Long are filling for Miami right now uh, in past defenses, that's kind of been his spot. And it was nice to see Brandon have value, like tangible plus value in the run support elements uh, because they needed it. And the guys on the back end, I thought did a really nice job of funneling everything. And then the guys up front, uh, I thought Christian Wilkins handed uh, the guys that he was going against, be it Tyler Biotis or, or be it Zach Martin, uh, a lot of reset on the line of scrimmage. I thought Zach Sealer totally had Tyler Smith out over top of his toes. So this was an all-encompassing team effort for Miami to be in a position where, yes, you don't want to give up the 10-play field goal drive for 60 yards, and you don't want to give up the 17-play touchdown drive that takes up half the fourth quarter. You don't want those to happen. But the entire body of work for that 60-minute performance was one of the better ones that Miami had in spite of a coverage miscommunication and a 50-50 ball that directly led to 10 points for Dallas, half their points. That is going to do it for us here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day. I hope you guys enjoyed this final look at the Dallas game. We are turning the page. We are looking Next, at the Baltimore Ravens, we have crossover Thursday tomorrow. Hope to have another one out for you guys today. So keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm out of here. Peace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.